0: Hello. <laughs> Welcome to no no one's talking to you, Alexa. Welcome to Wine Women Awards. I'm Michelle, and uh, apparently uh, we, uh, you know, Alexa, the Google, like, hey, Alexa. She just chimed when I said hello, and she's only supposed to chime when we say her name. So she really freaks me out when she chimes like that. Anyway, she just chimed,
1: so she's co-hosting tonight. So can I talk to Alexa and like actually buy stuff for you? Like, yes. Hey, Alexa, can you buy a case of wine? I'm <laughs> like, waiting. Alexa, can you buy? Can you buy a wine opener, top of the line. <laughs> we do. We order
0: uh, River's dog food off of it because you can just say, "Alexa, order dog food." And she'll, like, pull up your recent orders and say, the last order you have for dog food is da-da-da-da-da. i am um, very nervous for when Lily figures that out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was a case where a kid did that, where they ordered, like, a crap ton of stuff. I think there's parental blocks that you could put on it. I know. all I of a sudden, to- like, they just went on the shopping spree from Amazon um, just by ordering through Alexa. Yeah, she, she can't say
0: her exes yet, so she so we're safe for right now. But I know that day is coming.
1: Oh, yes. That day is coming. And given that it is your child, she is going to be ordering every book possible, all of the cutest clothes, and all of the latest toys. I
0: yeah, know. It's going to be like, who ordered the Moana costume? Or who ordered... <laughs> I could see Lily going, I don't know, but I'll wear it. What? <laughs> I don't know, but it looks super cute on me. Mm -hmm. So we are doing our introduction episode of Mm -hmm. our new book of the month, which is The Tea Girl of Hummingbird Lane. And I checked it out from the library because I didn't want to wait for um, for it to get here in shipping so I could start reading it, Mm -hmm. but I have to buy it. It's a buy book.
1: (sighs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. From the very first page, it is a buy book.
0: It's, I'm pretty, like, everything, I don't really use the word fascinating all that often, but this
1: is a fascinating book. (laughs) Yes, It really is. I mean, okay, so let's backtrack, rewind to June of this past year when Michelle and I were talking about what authors we wanted to have on the show and what books we wanted to read, and I was like, I really want to get Lisa C on the show. Um, uh, her, I've only read one other book of hers so far cause I have many more planned. Um, but she wrote, um, Shanghai girls. And then that was the one that I read and it was really, really good. And this one had just come out and I was like, you know, we should have her on the show. It's a brand new book. And literally everybody that I've come across who has read anything by her, they're like, Oh, I love her books. I've yet to meet somebody who has read one of her books and is like, mm, you know, it wasn't really for me. So, I mean, that really bodes well. So that's why we had her, you know, wanted to have her on.
0: Yeah, we've been waiting for this for like five or six months now, like since June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so five yeah. months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when so- I cornered
1: her at the um, Los Angeles Literary uh, Book Festival and I was like, so I've got this podcast called Wine, Women, and Words, and you're going to come on, right? Yeah? Yeah. Because you don't yeah. have to do
0: that. <laughs> we don't really ask. We more like inform. Like, it's yeah, not where you we like to you're join fine. us. It's, you're, yeah. you're joining us, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, you're joining us, and you know, you want to join us. You're going to miss out if you don't join us. Cause well, we you have
0: them. so much fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. what are we drinking this evening? Thank you.
1: I was going to say that right after I swallowed. Um, it's, what did that sound really bad? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was waiting
1: for this <laughs> day. So the look on your face. <laughs> um, I'm giving um, a writer's block a try because that's just the kind of night I'm having so far tonight. So it's got oh a lovely wow. That's out. awesome, isn't it? Um, and it's a Malbec, and it's been a while since I've had a Malbec, so I'm getting used to it. Hence my, you know, staring into my cup. Um, <laughs> I think I might need to try it with my little aerator because um, I think it needs a little bit more air. It's um. where there. did you get that? Um, there is a lovely wine, wine shop in uh, my town. Um oh. That that remember if you guys looked, there was on our Instagram there was this whole wall of just wine, and uh, this is. Oh was, yeah.
0: Um, I need to find that, because that that would be a good bookmark.
1: <laughs> that mm-hmm. would.
0: Well, I'm finishing, that I'm finishing my $5 Target wine from last week, Lovely, which is still very good. I was going to stop and buy a bottle on my way home, but um, I didn't have time. I stayed a lot longer. Um, I was telling Diana before we went on air, someone's downstairs. Hi. Um, It's not a little person, it's a big person. Um, I was telling Diana before we started the episode that I was at a high school out here for the newspaper um, covering this class. I was kind of doing a a social awareness project um, to get a better understanding of what homeless people go through on a daily basis this class is sleeping outside in their courtyard for the night um, using only what they can pack in a garbage bag and that goes for like tomorrow so that they're not allowed to shower at school when they wake up um, and they can pack like toiletries or um, you know whatever they need but it has to fit in the garbage bag. Mm-hmm. So I can't, like, I can't get the cold out of my body. That's why I'm, like, fidgeting so much. because.
1: And how cold is it there for home. you right now?
0: Right now we are, let's see, what are we at? Uh, oh, well, out by me right now it's 46. Um, but it'll be, it'll drop down to, like, 36 by tomorrow morning. So gonna be rough and what they don't know is kind of cool the teacher they don't the kids don't know this is happening but the teacher coordinated with um, the police department mm-hmm. like the secu- the cop that you know patrols the high school so mm-hmm. all police officers are gonna come into the courtyard at like two in the morning and wake the kids up and tell them to move like three, <laughs> the homeless people, on the streets. Nice. So, these poor kids are gonna get woken up. And you know, some cops are obviously gonna be nice about it. Some mm-hmm. of the cops might mess with their home because they have they're allowed to have cardboard boxes to set up like shelter um, shelters. If
1: I was one of the cops I would totally mess with their home. I would yeah. take the opportunity to just bust that in. You know, just mess with it, throw it in a fountain, whatever I need to do, just to really, really mess with them.
0: I mean, some of them, there was like, there was strategy involved and, and geometry and algebra. And-
1: Those are the ones I would go for. Cause, cause, yeah, I, it, the cops can be real dicks to um, the homeless people sometimes. So, I mean, I would take the opportunity. To, to show them what it's like to be somebody else, to walk in those, those footsteps. It would be a learning experience. Plus, I would be able to be a dick to them, so that would be fun. There's a... Too.
0: There was one group of, of guys in the class who brought a tent, but the teacher said, you know, homeless people may have tents, but they probably don't have the poles. So you can use the tent itself, but you can't use the poles. So they used the tent and like erected this castle using the cardboard boxes and draped the tent over it. And I'm like that is gonna be the first thing that gets knocked over when the cops show up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they're gonna go straight
1: for that. Now if they go to um, California, they do have the poles for the tents. I have accidentally walked through the homeless camp in Santa Ana before. And they do have poles for their tents. I can give you I can tell you that. Oh, don't tell these kids, they don't yeah. to leave their, their poles inside. Mm. But, anyway, I was gonna... Even the homeless people in Chicago don't get to have the poles for their tents. Because, yeah. you know, we are Californian, so we are kind of spoiled.
0: Well, they said that they used to do this program, uh, this uh, event in April, but it was the weather was too nice, so it was just like fun for the kids to go mm-hmm. camping, basically, for mm-hmm. the night. So they Mm -hmm. moved in November, so it was cold and miserable. And I'm like, yeah, enjoy that. I'm going into my heated car, yeah, and I'm driving home. To my heated house. Right. Sleep in my nice warm bed. And the teacher is is sleeping out there, too, with them, obviously. Yeah. Enjoy.
1: (laughs) That is a dedicated teacher. There are some teachers who deserve all the rewards, and that is one. Mm -hmm. And mind you, it is below 80 here in California, so Lilo Lilo feels for the kids. She had to have a sweater. The poor little thing was shivering. And, yeah, she's much happier now. Like, literally, she was shivering, just walking around the house, shivering, walking up to me, shivering. I pull out the sweater, and she does a little happy dance. It's like, my dog is so spoiled. She's such a SoCal dog.
0: (laughs) River like doesn't even want to come inside anymore. He just wants to stay outside all the time. He's <laughs> yeah, but that's
1: not mine. Not mine at all.
0: But that is why I could not buy a new bottle of wine on the way home, because I stayed there longer than I thought I would.
1: Which, yeah. I mean, I don't mind you.
0: So how far are you in the book? Because there are no chapter numbers.
1: No. But there are parts, so there's, you know, parts one, two, three, et cetera. Um, I am at part two, just at the side of Blind Kitten.
0: Let's see. Where am I? Um, oh, okay. So I'm probably um, – I'm like two pages away from that.
1: Okay. All right, let me let the story out. So I mean it's not really that you know it get you get that many spoilers because I mean she has a teacher to help her, so
0: so I'm kind of uh, and another reason why I really need to <clears throat> buy a copy of this book. I checked this book out from the library. I don't know if I said that yeah, mm-hmm. on air or not, but I have to buy a copy of this book because this is a highlight book and mm-hmm. a notation book Mm-hmm. because <laughs> I'm super fascinated with the culture and, and the customs. Have you Googled the cu- the culture yet? Not yet. I, I've been I've meaning to. Google
1: the culture because I really wanted to see the headdresses. She talks about these ornate headdresses that are um, embroidered and they have all these decorations and things hanging off of them and I couldn't quite grasp what they look like. So I actually Googled uh, the akka people and... It's really interesting. Um, these are some elaborate headdresses that these people wear, and the culture itself is so fascinating. I think that's going to be the, our, our word for the book, is fascinating. Uh, you have these people who live on this mountain that produce tea, and it's as we find out, it's not even one of the great mountains of China. It's one of the lower mountains. Um and they've there. It's like it's a minority group of people that come from Nepal, and they went down to I think it was Laos and then uh, Sri Lanka, and then up into China. And this is this about you know this girl comes from the sect within China, and it's so interesting and so fascinating and just and to get an idea of the book. Okay, so for November we kind of try to do themes to match with the months. Um, for our books, and November has a tendency to be family books. Last year we did Lemon Cully Life of Annie Aster, um, you know, about misfits. <laughs> What's that <laughs> for I miss Scott. <laughs> oh, we'll have to have Scott on. Let him know that we miss him and that he's got to come back on the show just to come and visit. Yes. He, he and Julie can have a competition to see who comes on the most. I am okay with that. So yeah, I think that would be fun. So, anyways, um, so last year was that book, and then this year, you know, this one fit for November with the with the family and, and everything. But then, I don't know how many much of the news you've been following, um, but all of this month, it's been talking about. It's been nothing but sexual harassment allegations. Every day, there's a new actor. Oh my new god. <laughs> I I watched this morning, and now Kevin Spacey has apologized for... uh, Kevin Spacey pissed me off earlier this month. I am sorry, but... Okay, he sort of apologized. That's not really a full apology. But he also decided to come out of the closet amidst... Yeah, in in his apology, he... Apology, I'm going to use apology... He comes out of the closet and then the next sentence is like, you know, this is a time that I should say that I've been living I've chosen to live my life as a gay man. Okay. The problem with that is that there's so many homophobes out there who just stop they they associate these this predatory behavior with homosexuality, and he is just adding fuel to the fire. And that's kind of bullshit. I mean, my own uncle, Ryan's uncle, he... Before he came out of the closet, he went into seminary school. He tried to hide who he was because he was told all his life that homosexuals were predators. And I thought of him with this. And I thought, how shitty Kevin Spacey is for doing this. I really liked him as an actor, but I'm really pissed off at him. Um, And then every day there's more allegations against him. And it's just awful. Well, and then... Just, so, I didn't know about that.
0: Um, but I did. I heard something about like Kevin Spacey, da da da, da, da male, something, something, allegations against a 17 year old boy. And, and my ears perked up and I said, huh?
1: 14. And, 14. Oh, I yeah. Uh, one was, uh, there's, there's multiples now. One, I think, might be 17, but the initial one was 14 and there was also one from when he was 15. So he oh. left them young. Well, I,
0: so I heard that. And then Dustin Hoffman is another one who apologized this morning. Like, President George Bush.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one. 90-something-year-old man liked to to sexually harass him and give him a nice pat on the butt.
0: I looked at Rich I'm like, do these men just not know how to keep it in their pants? Like
1: that's is closer. it like a horror thing? I mean there and then of course there's Weinstein which is just this whole other beast in and of itself um, and then there's another producer and then there's that Toback director guy I remember the guy from Amazon yes guy from Amazon which we talked about that which may cause uh, you know we might be able to get Good Girls Revolt back uh, because it's kind of ironic right? yeah Double finger cross. A um, little ironic that the guy who cancels a show about sexual harassment in the workplace was a pig in the workplace. Um, yeah. And then Danny Masterson from that 70s show. He is one of the latest ones. Yeah,
0: it's so disappointing when you hear you hear yeah. these people that you, I mean, you admire them for their talent and everything, mm-hmm. and then you find out, you know, but
1: And they There are shows that you've liked, and then it ruins the art. I mean, I love Woody Allen movies. Um, Paris and Midnight is still one of my favorite movies, even though it happened after the fact. But I didn't go see it in the theater. It's, he's ruined. His art is forever tainted now.
0: Well, I don't know. But, it's. But, I mean, you're right that it. it's a very current book now because of everything that's going on.
1: Yeah, for Um, her sakes, the girl's name is Lee anne and her family can't even call her by her name. They call her girl. It's based on her rank, and she is of the lowest rank within her family and of the village. And that's just some some bull. And then to start off the book, um, there's this lovely um, quote from the Book of Songs. It says, when a son is born, let him sleep on the bed. Clothe him with fine clothes. And give them jade to play. When a daughter is born, let her sleep on the ground, wrap her in common wrappings, and give her broken tiles to play.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's the that culture that you know boys are are the pri- you know the prized ones, and girls are kind of like the rejects. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. But, and but I mean, for for them, like they don't know any different, just because that's the the culture that they live in. But for us, that's crazy. No offense to to that culture or anything.
1: Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that you learn in anthropology when you're studying anthropology is to kind of try not to view this stuff through that kind of lens (laughs) to, to not view them through your own cultural lens. But something like this is so hard not to view through the cultural lens, through our cultural lens. And it's so, just demeaning. I mean, like I said, they call her girl. She's has no real fair treatment within the way we would treat a girl in our society, in within our society, and given everything that's going on. Um, but
0: but then her mother is like one of the. I mean, she obviously comes after all the men and all the boys mm-hmm. in the village. But her mother is like the highest ranked woman mm-hmm. in the village, and people will go to her for help because she's a midwife mm-hmm. so and there's the possibility for women to like be more than just sister-in-law number one or sister-in-law number two mm-hmm. but I don't know is that passed down like would would she become I don't know what happens
1: left the, the mother is training her to be a midwife so it may be may or may not be something and every village needs to have a midwife.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so, yeah, I mean, it could be passed down theoretically, and it could be her only opportunity for any amount of education. And but okay, trying- so there's a, that little one-room schoolhouse where the Chinese government's actually trying to teach them, which it, I kept forgetting. It's This is set in the late 80s is when this starts. I know. I keep
0: I keep thinking it's like, Way you know, in ancient times, but it's in modern times. They're just completely yeah. cut off from the modern world.
1: Yeah, so th- there's no televisions, no um, telephones, no internet, none of that stuff. I mean, obviously late eighties, no internet, but still, no televisions, no movies. And I love the scene where they're in the schoolhouse and the kids are asking the teacher to tell them about to tell them about televisions and about telephones. And he uses it as a way to try to teach them Mandarin, to kind of try to assimilate them into the greater Chinese society.
0: Yeah, and, and even, and I like the part that when she said that, that she, she realized that he got them to, like, beg him to teach them Mandarin because mm-hmm. he was talking about the movies and the television and the telephone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's so, it's, You know, their culture is really intense and very different from from ours. But at the same time, it's so sad that, you know, their one connection to the outside world is trying to, like, stamp it out of them and Mm -hmm. kind of teach them to be more like the rest of, you know.
1: Well, if you think about it, you kind of, with the whole birth, we'll get into the whole birth. Oh, my gosh. That was, like, that was painful to read. Mm
0: -hmm. I almost couldn't read that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you've gone through it. I haven't gone through it yet. I'm like, I'm going through, I'm reading through it going, do I really want this one day? I'm not sure I want this. Um, but the, the whole backwardsness that, you know, looking at it in the fact that it's, this is the 1980s, and she's like, oh, she's hemorrhaging, so let's stick some mud and straw up in there. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Right? Yeah. And then, okay, she's still bleeding, so let's, uh, let's you got to rub her stomach with a shell. And I fully, you know, I'm of the mindset that there are some ancient remedies that actually do work, but a shell over the stomach does not work. Well, I mean, if we're gonna talk
0: about, you know, ancient remedies, they made they made a pregnant woman get up, which mm-hmm. you know, when you're when you're in labor you you don't wanna do what anyone else tells you to do, like mm-hmm. if, but they made her sweep the
1: floor to sweep away the bad spirits. Yeah, so she can have, so she can actually give birth properly. And they had to have the holy men come in. Um, when they should probably have been doing things medically to properly get her to give birth to the child. They've got a couple holy men in there. One going into a trance. Um, and another one who's, you know, just talking and then... to. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Okay, you'll be okay. Rub this edge on your forehead. Oh, it's all good." Well, it's
0: just, it's really interesting to to read, like that. Though you know that's what they believe that that you know, doing that will keep away the bad spirits. And and the reason that she's having a hard labor is because she's laboring, uh, you know, on this day. But now that she's passed into the next cycle, which is Buffalo Day. Um, and the buffalo work for the people so it you know the labor will be easier now because you're on the on the right day and it's it's really interesting to to read other it's you know it's almost like reading about the Greek gods and the Roman gods and so it's a lot of times yeah it's a culture I've never read about really at all so So now
1: Question for you. Theoretic question for you. Yes. So, okay, so we have this culture where they're doing these things that are harmful for the children. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that you would want to, or harmful for the people in general, medically. I'm assuming you would want to correct that, or would you want to keep their, their beliefs? I don't know. I mean... And then, and then well, second half of this question. Since you don't know. Let's transpose that to those anti-vaxxers who have those religious beliefs. <laughs> Here I am getting all theoretical and stuff and we're not even full through our first glass of wine.
0: Well, I mean, all right. So the, the birth scene. I mean, they mm-hmm. have a very strict custom mm-hmm. in, in in this book and, and these people, this culture. So they have human rejects which Mm -hmm.
1: are twins and twins in that culture i wasn't even getting into that part yeah i was just thinking pre-twins because that's a whole other beast in and of itself
0: well i mean you can't really i'm gonna go backwards i'm gonna start with that and work my way back (laughs) because that was traumatizing that That, I I, i had to stop reading that i had to put the book down and walk away because i couldn't read that
1: I almost did. See I'm seeing her reading it like this, and my hand over my mouth, going, "Oh my god, oh my god, this isn't happening." And then I'm thinking in my head, "This is only the first part of the book. This is gonna be a painful book." I mean, I, I really yeah, did. I had to.
0: I just like, you know, ever since Lily and Landon, and anything that happens to babies, I'm like. Mm-hmm my reaction to it is 10 times stronger than what it used to be. Like if I'm watching like Grey's Anatomy and a baby is sick or a baby is dying, I can't watch it because I start crying. Mm -hmm. So to read about parents who kill their newborn twins because they're twins and it's, According to their culture, that's a bad sign and they're they're bad spirits and they can't exist. But oh how can you how can you stick to that part of
1: your culture? Like it's a and baby right? Oh. Well, I mean, I could see the logic of where they were coming from when they're, when, 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 I,
0: when she was talking about like the the rejects, in animals too, like mm-hmm. you know, not that I agree with with that either, but yeah, you know, I I like I get their line of thinking. Like it's not
1: natural for a dog just to have one puppy, or mm-hmm. you I know, see. Or like when they were talking about the children when you had a child who was deformed, and I mean they're saying even if they were missing a finger, the kid was gone. So that's some strict standards. Um, but they're talking about these deformities and them being weak and too weak for the village to be able to survive. And I was like, okay, that's, that, that's logical. I do not agree with it. That is logical. And then I remembered, this is not the 17th century. This is the 20th century. And it was just, it's so hard to wrap your, my head around that.
0: Especially, yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's a very hard life and it's a very i don't
1: you, And the you chinese government doesn't does it doesn't seem to step in with this it's it's counter to what we've learned about everything with the chinese government where they're very controlling their everything about the person their lives are regulated but yet it seems like they have a small amount of respect where they're slowly trying to integrate these people and they're letting them have these Beliefs and things, even though they're counter to what to modern to society. Yeah, them. it's hard for me to get the words out on this one. Um, I think I need to drink more wine because it's it's such a shocker, and it really just shocks you and brings you right into that story.
0: Yeah, it's it's and even when she, she at you know at the very beginning when she stole the the pancake, even though she technically didn't yeah, steal it. Yeah. She didn't know it was stolen, and she didn't steal it, but she took a bite. So she gets punished for it. Mm-hmm. And the whole village gets punished for it because they have to sacrifice um, the, the chicken.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like, you know, you, you make one mistake in, in that village, and the whole village pays for it. So you really have to pull your own weight, and you can't screw up at all. Yeah, and that's
1: That's rough, and that's, a lot, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it'd be a lot of pressure to put on me too, on myself as an adult. But as a kid, that's ridiculous amount of pressure.
0: But then, and going back to to the twins briefly,
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, and then it's not you know, not bad enough that they the, the die. babies die, but then the parents who have just lost two babies get banished.
1: And, and the mother should not even be wonking after that crappy... Excuse me, I'm aerating my mind here. <laughs> it's a horrible noise, isn't it? I'm sure it sounds horrible in the mic. I apologize. Okay, that's good.
0: But, so, the parents are banished, mm-hmm. and the house is destroyed. And yeah. then the family has to sacrifice, like, how many animals and...
1: Nine each nine dogs, nine chickens, nine, nine pigs. pigs. It, it's, that's,
0: it's a very rigid... there is no wiggle room, there is no exception to the rule, there is no debate. It's uh-huh. just this is how it is, and this is how it's been, and this is how it's going to be.
1: And that family's wealth is just completely wiped out. Yep, they were um, saying that family is not ruined because they had twins
0: yeah and it's not just the physical things that they have lost or the livestock mm-hmm. or the family members it's the shame now mm-hmm. that they have to deal with that, that mm-hmm. their family got cursed with human rejects it's a lot to take in for mm-hmm. like an opening section of a book
1: mm-hmm. There, there was a lot happening yeah But now you see why I like Lisa's book so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can tell this is going to be a very good discussion book.
1: Yes, yes it is. Um, And one of the things I love is how engrossed in the culture we are. How, you know, I'm Googling this culture. I'm trying to see more about it, Uh, especially being a tea lover. I'm like, oh, this is something where tea comes from. You know, something that I don't particularly know about. and. Yeah, I, I want, I look up to her as an author, because I, when, when my book eventually one day gets published, I want people to say the same things about my book, where they're like, oh, I'm researching, I'm re- researching Brazil, I'm researching Italian unif- unification, um, and because they get so engrossed in the story and the culture.
0: Yeah, and I I pulled up a second screen and Googled the headdresses, and they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we'll have to find a picture that we can post on our Facebook so you can see what we're talking about. But I'm I'm very excited about having Lisa on the show at the end of the month because I can tell this is going to be a one, be one where we have like a very long list of questions. Oh, yeah. And
1: highlights and there's going to be post-its all over this baby for me. Um, oh,
0: sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it's going to be fascinating. You poor thing, you must be exhausted.
0: It's been a long day.
1: <laughs> well, we do have lots of things planned for this month. Um, we've got we've got a guest coming on next next week. We might have a guest. We haven't quite confirmed yet, um, but she might be coming on to talk about her her little uh, online literary festival, which looks like fun. Julie, our friend Julie, is going to be involved. Um, hey. So yay, that'll be on there. And then uh, we're gonna have a guest on um, Piper Hughley or Hughley. I will have to, when she comes on. We're gonna have to have her um, actually talk, you know, pronounce it because it's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. So odds are I'm butchering it. <laughs> so this was interesting. So over the course of the year, last year. I was trying to get, um, you know, looking at our themes for the month of February. I was really itching to get a book for um, Black History Month, and I was I want I want to be able to read more historical fiction about African American history. That's just something that I've been I have like this wide range of historical fiction that I'll pull from that for stuff that I want to read, and I find that to be an interesting subject but I haven't been able to find much about it. So our friend Aaron does a historical fix um, chat on Twitter every month. And we were discussing historical fiction and uh, in general, cause we're talking about the 1920s and things. And a number of us were lamenting over the fact that they're just, we can't seem to find African American historical fiction out there as much. Um, there's three books that I can name off the top of my head that I really like that deal with African-American historical fiction, um, The Color Purple, which is an amazing book, um, The House Girl, and then Sabra um, Walderford's book, The um, Sister of Mine. And then she's got a couple other books deal with, um, Af- hers are interesting to deal with African-American history and Jewish history because there were Jewish slave owners in the South which is kind of something that you don't really expect to see that they were there. And so I was lamenting over the fact that, that I want more, there should be more. And Piper actually hit me up on Twitter. She was like, well, I'm a historical fiction author and she's got these books, um, historical fiction books and then she gives me all of these other authors who are African-American um, historical fiction um, authors. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, added a bunch to my to be red list because uh, that's never ending. And uh, and then I was like, okay, Piper, you're coming on the show. And I'm going to have you do a guest post eventually on the blog. And we need to talk about this. And I thought it would be fitting because uh, Lisa is uh, Chinese. And she, you know she writes about her culture. And Piper writes about her African-American culture. So I figured that would be a really good tie-in uh, between the two, uh, to have around so that she could talk about, you know, her books and the African-American historical fiction, where we can find them, who are some great authors, that sort of thing.
0: So November is turning into uh, the Vine Women, and Words Heritage Month.
1: <laughs> Which I like that. I think that's a fantastic thing. Yeah, I think we should
0: make a, that a trend from now on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could go with that. And, I mean, and it still covers families because, I mean, we do need some family assistance when it comes to coming into the holidays.
0: This is true. hmm
1: yeah. Now, are and- we going to have a show Thanksgiving week? Well, we could because we're probably
0: – the um, military messed with my holiday schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so... um. Rich was supposed to not pick up his next division of recruits until December 5th, so we were going to have a nice whole month of regular working hours for him, and him home at night, and him having the weekends off, so we could actually spend some time with him. And he got a text saying that he has to pick up his next division on the 22nd now, which is literally the day before Thanksgiving.
1: Mm -hmm,
0: mm So, and the first day, the first week is always chaotic. So, he definitely won't be home for Thanksgiving, Um, Mm -hmm. which sucks because I would have gone to New Jersey if he wasn't going to be. But anyway, Um, so (laughs) my mom is going to fly out. Okay. Um, She's flying out on the 18th and leaving on the 2nd. But we're going to do Thanksgiving early before he picks up. So, Thanksgiving, actual Thanksgiving day, I don't think we're doing anything.
1: So we could do a Thanksgiving episode. We could do a Thanksgiving episode. We could can, we can talk about all the things that we're thankful for in the literary world.
0: That's going to be a long episode.
1: <laughs> we'll keep it down to an hour. See, I don't know if I can do actual Thanksgiving day. It depends on uh, what the family plans are, which I don't know yet. Um, but I could probably do either the day before or the day after. But I could definitely do that week.
0: Well, that sounds good. And what's convenient is I don't even know where this book came from. It is one of the mysterious books that appear. This one appeared in our garage, so I have a feeling it might have been part of the garage sale that we had here a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just didn't see it. But it's Tea Fit for a Queen. Hmm. And it's like all these recipes for like sandwiches and cakes and pastries that um, the English monarchy drank with their tea. Mm. So like stuff that Henry VIII liked and stuff that, um, give me another one, Queen Victoria liked. Mm. So I want to like have some tea and, and make one of these this month.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I drink a lot of tea, but then I'm going to be drinking even more tea, I think, because of this book.
0: It makes me, I'm not a tea person. I really, I've never been a tea person. I liked the tea that we had when we went to that Victorian funeral thing a few years ago.
1: Oh, yeah. I meant to go to that again. I got sick. That was really cool. Um, Here in LA, there is a Victorian, um, as a museum, it's like a heritage square. And basically, they've taken all of the a number of old houses, 18th century, 19th century houses, and they've put them there and they've kept them restored at and for the 1800s. And Michelle and I went a few years back to go do a tour of it for Halloween, and because they actually had like a funeral procession go through for the um, 19th century, they had all of the customs that the Victorian people actually had for the um, funerals and things, um, which the pins were really weird. Uh, Death portraits, we learned about those, even weirder.
0: And we found out why it
1: was called
0: a living room, because they had the parlor, and that's Mm -hmm. where they held the wake, and that's where the Mm -hmm. body in the casket was. Mm -hmm. And everyone mingled in the living room. It was the room of the living.
1: Yeah, and then um, people stopped using the word parlor because it got too associated with funerals. And mm-hmm. it's now just living rooms. You have a living room and then a formal living room.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. You learn something new every time you watch Fine Women Awards. Exactly. We're just so educated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we could be an educational show now. I could change us. We're, we're technically the arts because, you know, this is art.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if we could veer into educational with liquor and cursing happening.
1: You know, there is a study: the more the smarter a person is, the more they curse.
0: Well, I'm, I'm very smart, genius. and I don't curse.
1: Yeah, well, well, I'm a fucking genius, so I, I curse all the time. <laughs> 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 I almost cursed in front of high schoolers
0: today when I went outside, but I I caught myself at the last
1: second. Not okay, that- so cursing does not bother me at all whatsoever. Um and I curse a lot and I I could care less if other people curse. Um, So when I actually, I used to substitute teach in when I lived in Texas and I substitute taught in the middle school and I just, sometimes you had to pick your battles when you were a substitute teacher. And yeah, these kids were just troublemakers this one day and all of a sudden I hear Miss T, so-and-so swore. And I was like, and? in trouble. I don't care. Just do your work. (gasps) You don't care if we swear? No. All of a sudden there's just a string of curse words from one end of the schoolroom to the next. And I became the favorite teacher in the school because I didn't care if they swore.
0: I, I don't think any of my teachers swore. Pretty sure they didn't. I just, when my mom first joined Facebook and I used to like post statuses and swear in them, I would get a text message shortly after going, oh, Michelle, please don't swear. Don't, that is, that is so, such, so not nice.
1: (laughs) My dad would actually, I had to unfriend my dad from Facebook for a while because he would actually post, comment on my stuff, ladies don't swear and you're a (laughs) lady You Sure about that, dad? Yeah, sure. Let's think that
0: through before before we say that. Mhm. So yeah. Well, I think we're nearing our hour, which went by super fast because we I swear I just didn't.
1: we're only at like are we at our hour? Because I think we started late. We started at like eight twenty. Oh, did we? I thought we started at ten. After. Never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> but that's okay if you're tired. We'll at least let you finish your full glass of wine. Um, oh, I don't think I'm finishing this.
0: It is, <laughs> you know, when you have a bottle of wine that's been out for a while and it's veering towards the vinegary.
1: Yeah, that that wine did um, changed fast for me too.
0: So, and it's good, but I'm not going to drink it after this episode. <laughs>
1: I opened it uh, just before I went to France, meant to finish it before I left and forgot. And it's sitting on my counter. It's not in the sunlight. It's got, it's had a good stopper in it. Um, I got the Mickey head stoppers from Disneyland, they work wonders. Um, And I came back and I was like, oh, let me finish up this wine or see if it's still good. Nope, not good. Not good at all. So it ended up becoming a cooking wine.
0: Maybe that's what I'll do with this one because I don't I don't want to throw it out. It's like I'm a little less than halfway gone, but uh, that's a lot of wine to waste.
1: You know, you could – oh, that's right. You don't like seafood because I was like, that can make a really good um, base for your linguine with clam sauce. I definitely don't like seafood. Yeah, you don't need seafood, so never mind. But anybody else out there, <laughs> if you have some white wine going bad, use it for your linguine and pla- clam sauce. Or if you're just doing basic garlic spaghetti.
0: Uh, tomorrow today was technically our anniversary um,
1: that's right yes i meant to say something earlier happy anniversary thanks. how many years now 3 4
0: 27 uh, <laughs> 4 years we've we've almost made it to half a decade <laughs> yeah um, seems
1: to reach the decade
0: but um we didn't today was kind of like a regular everyday thing. Rich had some things in the morning, and then I had some things in the afternoon. So we're going to celebrate on Saturday, and we're going on our first date in like eight months.
1: (laughs) Ooh, where are you going to go, and what are your plans?
0: I don't know. I think we're definitely going out to dinner. He made a reservation somewhere, and he won't tell me where, and I think it's a steakhouse somewhere. And then I'm sure we'll do something afterwards. I'm not sure what it is yet, though. Fun. The I checked Hamilton tickets, but they're like $600 for two. And I'm pretty sure that's outside of our budget.
1: For what, what tickets? Hamilton. Ah. Uh, $600 for two, for two people? Yep. I'm saving up for that for um, for spring because they're going to be in Orange County in the spring because I couldn't go when they were here in August because of the, um, of the trip. Oh, yeah. I was playing in L.A. and it was like, okay, I could spend $400, almost $500 for tickets to see Hamilton before I went to France, or I could take that $500 and use it for, actually need it for something in France, like wine and cheese. And... And travel expenses. And so I was like, yeah, I gotta choose France. But now I'm hoping that the spring I can go because I've gotta see that one. Yeah, if I, I
0: mentioned it to Rich. I was like, you know, Hamilton is in Chicago and it's like $600 for two tickets. And part of me would like murder him if he spent that much money on <laughs> two tickets. But the other half of me would be like, I don't care, I'm going to see Hamilton. <laughs> But, There's always
1: the improv. There's always the, the you know Chicago improv stuff. Yeah, but it's on there Hamilton. Things. Yeah, I know. But I'm like, we've already discussed the fact that Hamilton isn't happening for you. I so know. I'm looking for possible fun things that you could put on your repertoire for Chicago. I know. And then you could also see it, do some scouting for before I come out so that when I come out, you know, the whole Second City routine.
0: I know, and you know what? Rich isn't a, a musical person. He's not. He's not a Broadway aficionado. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wouldn't appreciate it. I feel like the way I do, even though Lily actually asks to listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. Parenting
1: done right. She goes, "Mommy, can we listen to Hamilton?"
0: <laughs> and she has her like favorite songs, and she knows the, you know the. Alexander Hamilton song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she might appreciate it. But I should probably just go. I would probably go by myself. I don't even care. I'd go alone to see Hamilton.
1: I'm sure you could get a friend. You could get Lisa or somebody else to come with you. Yeah. I'm probably going to get a friend to come with me too because Ryan's not really into the musical thing like I am. I love musicals. I mean, I love like the vintage musicals and then I love like a few of the new ones. Like I love Rent. Um, La La Land I really liked. And then I also, I like Hamilton. Have you seen La La Land yet?
0: No, not yet.
1: Really cute. Ryan Dasling, not the best singer. He was much better when he was on the Mickey Mouse Club as a kid. Not so great now that he's an adult. Um, but it's really cute. I think you would really like it.
0: It looks cute, and I, and I have been meaning to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, outside of those three, I'm very much a classics Um, musicals, you know, I actually pulled out an Oklahoma reference in my last blog post. (laughs) I did the whole, I'm just a girl who can't say no. Um, And then, yeah, I love that, and I loved uh, My Fair Lady, because of course, Audrey Hepburn.
0: Of course. The the two that I need to see in my life are Wicked and Mm -hmm. Hamilton.
1: Yes, you do need to see Wicked with your love of Wizard of Oz. I mean, I we did see Wizard of Oz together.
0: Yes, so. that was wonderful. I was so happy.
1: Um, I want to see, um, in addition to Hamilton, I think I want to see um, on stage. I want to see My Fair Lady on stage. And um, I want to see Camilla on stage. Oh, that would be good. <laughs>
0: You know when you, have you ever bit, like, the back side of your tongue so hard that it, like, hurts to actually use your tongue to talk normally? Ooh, did you just do that? I don't know when I did it, but it's been killing me all day. And it's, I don't even remember biting my tongue. I don't know when I did it, but it's super annoying. Oh
1: yeah. (sighs) Well, we are just about at the 920 hour. Yeah. I'll let you go to sleep. And we've kind of run out of like specific things. <laughs> we need to read more of the books. So I'm thinking, okay, so I actually did the math. And if we do like all five weeks, then it's like 76 pages a week. Oh, That's not bad. That's yeah. doable. Yeah, that's doable. I mean, and today, I mean, I'm on part one. I'm only on, I'm on page 54. So I'm a little behind.
0: Yeah, and I'm, like, slightly behind you. So,
1: yeah, so we'll just shoot for, like, page 120-ish. Okay, 120-ish. All right, we'll shoot for page 120-ish by next week. Okay. Well, keep reading, everyone, and look for our
0: look on our Facebook page because we'll be posting discussions about this book.
1: Yes, we'll be posting discussions, and also we need to start thinking about our fantasy casts.
0: Yeah. That that will be next week as well.
1: Yeah, I plan on doing some research on Chinese actors. Um that would be good casting choices.
0: Mm, sounds good.
1: Yeah, I'll be posting them on Facebook to see what people think. So you guys could put your opinions in on there. Yes, we do need help sometimes with our fantasy cast. So please help us. Yes. We need help in a lot of areas, but fantasy casting this just happens to be the the one.
0: We're we're gonna start there and then we'll expand our, our list. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.